0: This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. From the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared the room. We really? Shared the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we something. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Bro-cast. Bro-cast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. What do we do? spell it with a k so you might take it easy everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on randmradio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho, Off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry... Then look for anything here, O T T R Headquarters. You catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and wherever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest last week of wrestling, After Darks, Under boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you see, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you will not regret it. Black heart out. All right, welcome to another episode of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for March the twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Hope everybody's having a great Thursday. Can't believe the week is. Flying by as fast as it is. As you know, the Freeland Five is the top five stories that I found most interesting as I scroll across social media and the various wrestling websites. All the news that is happening as of today. So, very excited. Let's go ahead and jump right into this right now. There are some changes right now to WWE's WrestleMania 38. This is coming from Mark Middleton at this hour of Wrestling Inc., now, WWE made a few more changes to the card. As we noted, before AJ Styles versus WWE Hall of Famer Edge was originally announced for WrestleMania Sunday, but then pulled from the listing and it was not it was assigned to another night. WWE then added the match back to WrestleMania on Sunday, but it's listed now for Saturdays night now on a related note the fatal four-way for the wwe women's tag team titles is now listed for wrestlemania sunday the match was originally announced for wrestlemania sunday but then it was then it was moved and then it was Saturday. Now the Natalya and Shayna Baszler have been added to the Fatal 4-Way. WWE's confirmed the bout is going to be happening at night two at WrestleMania 38. WrestleMania 38 will take place on Saturday and Sunday, April 2nd and 3rd, respectively, from the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Once again, let's go over the card that's going to be happening. Let's first start off with Saturday night, WWE Hall of Famer, Edge takes on the phenomenal AJ Styles. The SmackDown Tag Team titles are on the line. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boggs versus the Usos. Raw Women's title match, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. And the SmackDown Women's title match, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. Once again, that is all going to be happening on Saturday night. Let's move on to Sunday. Right now, it's Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. And in anything goes match, Johnny Knoxville takes on Sami Zayn. In a fiddle four-way for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, it's Shayna Baszler and Natalia versus Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley versus Naomi, Sasha Banks versus Carmella and Queen Zelina. In a triple threat for the Raw Tag Team titles, the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy versus Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. In a winner-takes-all main event, WWE Champion... Brock Lesnar takes on Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Once again, if you want to catch all the excitement of WrestleMania, it'll be streaming on the Peacock Network. So if you have Peacock, then you are all set to go. If not, you can find it available on your typical streaming pay-per-views. Now, let's go ahead and let's continue with the WrestleMania weekend. Mark Middleton is writing at this hour that WWE originally had WrestleMania plans scheduled for the NWO. Now, WWE had plans for the NWO being involved in WrestleMania 38. Now, before the two-time Hall of Famer Scott Hall had passed away last week, WWE had plans to bring him and other NWO members to Dallas for a promotional spot for the new WWE video game 2K22, and this is according to Fightful Select. Now, there's no word on if the promotional spot would have taken place on WrestleMania Saturday or Sunday, and it wouldn't be considered still. Now, it remains to see if WWE will still bring in the other NWO members, but plans have changed, obviously, since Scott Hall's passing. Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan and Sean Waltman were inducted into the group as of WrestleMania 37's weekend in 2021, but as of members of the 2020 class of WWE Hall of Fame, they were inducted in 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The NW4 Life edition of WWE 2K22 features Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Sean Waltman, and others from the Notorious Faction. Once again, Hall passed away at the age of 63 last Monday, March the 14th. He previously suffered a fall at his home while undergoing hip surgery. A blood clot became dislodged, and he suffered three heart attacks. He was then placed on life support and then taken off a day later. Right now, WWE uh, is still looking to make relationships and keep relationships going with the other members of the NWO. More information is still forthcoming. That is Mark Middleton at this hour. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think WWE should continue to bring back the NWO? Do you think it's, okay, we've already seen this. We've already done this. What do you think about that? Do you think WrestleMania already has enough going on that they need to bring more stuff or not? Love to know what your thoughts are. Let's go ahead and let's talk about this. Danny. Wolfenholm is reporting at this hour. As far as AEW news is concerned, MJF discusses WW's interest in him ahead of the 2024 contract expiring right now. There's so many things going on in the world of wrestling, but MJF is definitely one of the hottest things out there. Uh, Right now, Ariel Helwani's show, uh, MJF, was discussed and as far as what would happen if he were to leave and go to WWE at one time. Now, the three-time Dynamite Ring winner confirmed that his AEW contract will expire as of January 1 of 2024, and he noted that he's not afraid to stir the pot between now and then. In a quote, so when you're as talented and as over as much of a draw as me, if I want, I can bite off Tony Khan's fingers. He knows where his bread is buttered, MJF has said. And if it offends somebody in the locker room, which I know it does, oh well, go cry about it. Get more over than me. Oh wait, that's right, you can't. Because I'm literally the best talker in the business and one of the best wrestlers in the history of the business, Bell to Bell. Because I just don't, spam moves like a video game, I make people feel real, things real, emotion, because I'm going out there. I'm not going to go out there just to show off. I'm going out there to try and make sure that I get all these people talking about my star ratings. No, if it happens, it happens. It's all byproduct of what I do and it's fantastic. Macab Jacob Friedman also reiterated that he knows WWE is interested in right now and claims to have Seen the leaks, but he can't disclose anything right now for legal reasons. He says again, again, for a fact, I've already been leaked several times from other wrestlers, MJF stated. And if it wasn't leaked, I know it would have been. But legally, I cannot discuss as to why. The leader of the pinnacle noted that AEW president Tony Khan is doing well to keep him around, but he also made it clear that in July of 2024, he will be wrestling. Wherever the money is, I will be wherever the money is, MJF said. I'm leaning, but I can't say which way, but I'm certainly leaning. There is a front runner. I'm not quite sure who it is right now, but yes, there is a front runner Right now, I do want to let you know that AEW has many stars that have the contracts that are going to be coming up very soon. MJF is not. His won't be coming up for another couple of years, but what will happen? I think it'll be very interesting to find out. Uh, Eric Mutter is reporting at this hour that the Young Bucks plan to bring the AAA Tag Titles with them to Triple Mania 30. In this article, the Young Bucks are looking to reclaim a pair of the tag team champions they once held in the past, but it's not the AEW World Tag Team Champions. No, it's the AAA World Tag Team Champions. In the most recent update of the ever-evolving Twitter biography, the Young Bucks confirmed that they would be heading to Mexico on April 30th for AAA's Triple Mania in Monterey. They also noted that they would like to be bringing back the AAA World Tag Team titles with them, hinting at a potential big match that could be happening soon on AEW TV. Yep, we're coming to Mexico on April the 30th, the bio read. Also, yes, we plan on bringing the AAA Tag Team titles with us. And last, yes, we're aware of who currently holds them. For everyone who may or may not be aware, FTR is the current AAA tag team champions who defeated the Lucha Brothers in October to win the titles. The reason for that, obviously, uh, they have great prestige all over the world, and FTR is what's considered to be a throwback old-school tag team, and they have succeeded in so many other promotions. So... A second match between the Young Bucks and FDR has been teased for several weeks now, with two teams having encouraged and encountered many ways to come across one each other's paths, including backstage confrontations. The two teams last fought at AEW's full gear in November of 2020, where the Young Bucks defeated FDR to win the tag titles. So, what's your thoughts on this? Are you a big fan of the Young Bucks? Are you not a fan of the Young Bucks? Do you feel like, uh, okay, it's that flippy-dippy stuff we've talked about before? Are you a fan of that? Or are you a fan of more of the FTR style of wrestling, which is more the standardized, what they call old-school way of wrestling, where it's more grappling, it's more holds, it's more moves, and not so much going to the top rope? Love to know what your thoughts are about that. If you're a Young Bucks fan, I want to hear from you. If you're an FTR fan, I want to hear from you as well. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike. M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Very interesting to see what's going to be happening from there. But I I always encourage, always encourage you guys to get a hold of uh, me on social media and let me know what your thoughts are. It's always fun to engage with wrestlers and wrestling fans as well. Because I've had some wrestlers get at me too and say, hey, you know what? This is what I think. So, the more the merrier. All right, Marco Rivera is reporting at this hour The Undertaker on what he would do to get back at Yokozuna. Once again, this article is coming out from Wrestling Inc. right now. Ahead of his WWE Hall of Fame induction at this year's WrestleMania 38, The Undertaker joined Ryan Satin for Out of Character Podcast to talk about his late friend Yokozuna. Now, back in December, The Undertaker called Yokozuna the toughest opponent he had ever competed against. The dead man spoke about his love for the former WWE champion and talked about how his relationship with him and a few others started the legendary BSK group. Yeah, Yoko and I were very close, The Undertaker said. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about him. It just happened to be that Yoko and I, well, we were really close. We spent a lot of time playing dominoes and cards. The origin of the famous BSK. Domino's, and a lot of other like-minded guys, we just decided to start hanging out with each other. It would be funny because if I had won at cards before we went out there and wrestled each other, it was going to be a long night for me. Yoko could impose his will on me as if he wanted to. He might sit on me or bonsai drop me longer than normal. If I had taken a few bucks off of him while we were playing cards. Um, There's so many comments in here that are amazing that he has made about Not only facing Yokozuna, but his WrestleMania matches against the Giant Gonzalez. Um, And like I said, additional memories from WrestleMania. I'm not going to go through the entire article. I want you to go and read that. So once again, that's at Wrestling Inc. Uh, He would talk about more of his relationship with Yokozuna. Uh, Marco Rovere has that article trending at this hour. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to this this is interesting, Mike Tyson, to launch his own cannabis line, which was inspired by a WWE Hall of Famer. Matthew Wilkinson is reporting at this hour from Wrestling Inc. That legendary boxer Mike Tyson's recently launched a cannabis company called Tyson 2.0 and has today announced that they have acquired the majority stake in Ric Flair Drip Inc. This is the business entity of the Nature Boy with the plan to bring them together in launching a second celebrity cannabis line involving both of the legends. Now, PR Newswire reports that Tyson 2.0 will now be able to use Ric Flair's trademarks and intellectual properties. This is set to create a cannabis flower and edible products that will be under the wrestler's name. Tyson 2.0 was originally launched in October of 21, bringing the product nationwide to legal markets. There are also plans to expand this to international markets all right very interesting to find out what's going on with Mike Tyson now teaming up with Ric Flair very interesting you can read all the comments about this what Flair has to say as well if you go over to a wrestlinginc.com and the or the article written by Matthew Wilkinson let's go ahead and move on to some more news right now that is happening with WWE, Mark Middleton, as well, is writing at this hour that WWE is files to trademark grand jury names. Interesting. Let's see what this all means. WWE recently filed a trademark for three versions of a new name. Hmm. This might be leading to something. The United States Patent and Trademark Office records show that WWE filed to trademark the following terms on March 20th. Grand jury. WWE grand jury. WWE, the grand jury. Now the primary uh, United States class for trademarks are for advertising, business, education, entertainment. And then there's a category called miscellaneous. Now the following used descriptions was included in this filing. Entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibitions and performers of professional wrestlers and entertainment rendered live and through broadcast media included television and radio and via the internet or commercial online services provide wrestling news and information via global computer network, providing information in the field of sports and entertainment. So many different things. There's no word yet on what WWE plans do with the grand jury or WWE grand jury trademarks that they have filed recently. But we're just going to have to wait and see. It would be interesting to see if that is something to do with another wrestler who is up and coming. Matthew Wilkinson also is providing more information at this hour about Danhausen. He provides an update on when Danhausen's in-ring appearance may be. As many of you know, AEW recently signed the very very popular Ring of Honor star Danhausen. He was also a guest on AEW Unrestricted where he reflected on his debut with the company. Now, the former Ring of Honor star admitted that the reaction was louder than he could ever anticipated. In a quote Danhausen said, I think they were surprised and shocked, much like Dan Housen, a little bit. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Dan Housen has taken over the internet and television soon, too. When you're famous, as Dan Housen is, it's just another day in the business, he joked. But he was taken back by it, and a little bit louder than he had initially thought the pop was going to be. It was quite nice, because under the ring, Dan Housen was wondering, will they know? and they end up knowing who he was. Are you a Dan Housen fan? Are you a big fan of the comedic type of wrestling? Uh, more of the Shakara type of, uh, of wrestling. I know that uh, Colt Cabana has done some matches before. I know that obviously Kenny Omega has done some as far with DDT back in the day. Uh, are you a fan of that? Or are you more of a fan of more of the traditional style wrestling? Hit me up. Let me know what your thoughts are. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Matthew Wilkinson, man, that man's a very busy man today. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little Billy Gunn. Uh, He's sharing some insight into Billy Gunn's trademark battle with WWE to use his name in AEW. Mark Dawkins, who is well-known as the gimmick attorney, helps wrestlers like Billy Gunn trademark things, and he recently was on the podcast Talk is Jericho. Now, Dawkins represents talent for AEW and WWE, and it's something that he compared admitting that WWE is, much more contentious to deal with. Oh, very much so, he said, on if AEW knows about him. They do, and it's interesting because I was always on the opposite side of the table from them, but now it's good in friendly relationship versus the other side, which is WWE. It was very contentious, always for no reason. I don't have to be contentious. We just have to be on the opposite side of the table, and we can agree. We can all agree to come to some point together. Let's just figure it out and do it in a friendly version. Now, Mike Dawkins also recalled that when WWE sent a cease and desist letter to AEW and Billy Gunn because he used the name during his debut. AEW couldn't help him at the time, but that is what led Billy to work with him. WWE sent him a cease and desist letter because he had done the Casino Battle Royale in his debut and he came out as Billy Gunn. He was wearing his lime green tights and was doing the crotch chop, he recalled. And WWE came and said that is a problem and sent a cease and desist letter to everybody in AEW. Hey, we want you to help you, but we can't help you because of legal counsel. Uh, They went on to file some trades and they tried to get this taken care of so Billy can finally use his name. WWE previously had Billy Gunn's name trademarked, but that Time has ended and has been abandoned. This is what led AEW star to now being able to use his name, which he was on the Indies. So WWE plays hardball with people, even with people they haven't used for a while. Uh, They still like to keep the intellectual property alive. So we'll see what happens with this. But once again, You have to get around some of these tricky things in the world of pro wrestling. Even if you haven't wrestled for the company in a long time, they still hold the rights and they still have the abilities to uh, re-up some of those trademarks as well. I feel like it's kind of petty in a way. I think if a guy's no longer working with your company, then I think you definitely need to just let it go because what does it do for you? Right? I mean, they can create more action figures if they have access to that. They can continue to create merchandise. But at the end of the day, if the guy is still wrestling and he wants to use his name, I don't understand why you can't just let him do that. Um, Once again, that's more of a legal thing than anything else. Let's go ahead. and Danny Wolfsonholm is reporting at this hour on Wrestling Inc. Tony Khan says nobody does pay-per-view better than him ahead of the Ring of Honor Supercard. Now, AEW owner and president Tony Khan recently joined the Sirius XM busted open radio show to talk about the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view under its new regime. Now, Supercard of Honor will take place on April 1st from Garland, Texas during WrestleMania weekend. Khan expressed that his track record tells fans that nobody else does pay-per-view better than he and AEW. Khan goes on to say, I only know one way to do pay-per-views, Khan said. It's going 100% and doing the very best you can. So I promise to make the best pay-per-view possible. I know there's a lot of people who are going to go and be around Dallas Metroplex around that time. And I'll be honest, this is my first time going out there for that particular weekend event. It's not normally something I do. It's not normally something AEW would do. And in fact, it's not something AEW would ever do. But we're going to do it. Notice how he didn't mention the word WrestleMania in there either. So, so many quotes here. Uh, Tony Khan feels very confident, not only that this pay-per-view is going to be huge, I feel like he's going to have some surprises as well. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you think the relaunch of Ring of Honor is going to be a big deal? Do you feel like the Ring of Honor launch is going to be something that puts it in a good light? Or do you think, you know what, the best of Ring of Honor has already happened and it's in its past. I'm just really curious on what your thoughts are with this. Let's go ahead and let's move on to some other news. E-Wrestling News, great wrestling website. Ryan Clark is writing at this hour that Sting, talk about trademarks, he's filing one on his face paint design. On March 20th, AEW star Sting filed a trademark for his face paint for merchandising and entertainment services. The trademark listing reads as follows. For hats, shirts, socks, sweatshirts, bandanas, hoodies, and other sweatshirts. Interesting. Action figures, toys, toy action figures, action figures, and accessories, therefore, for toy action figures. Energy drinks containing caffeine, energy drinks enhanced with vitamins. There is a plethora of things that he is trademarking trademarking his face paint for. So it looks like there might be some additional um, sting memorabilia, merchandising, licensing that's going to be happening while he's still under the AEW umbrella. Very interesting to find out what's going to be happening with that. Uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to another great story that I find. Gabe Spikulski, uh urges Tony Khan to delete his old Ring of Honor commentary. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. Former Ring of Honor booker and commentator Gabe Sapolsky took to Twitter this week to discuss his old commentary that he did for Ring of Honor. For those unaware, Sapolsky used an edgy persona during his time at the commentary team and urged Tony Khan, please delete this commentary from the old footage now that he's in possession of it. Sapolsky would go on to say, since I see classic Ring of Honor in getting more attention, I want to take a moment to apologize for my in-character commentary. I'll start by saying, I fired myself from commentary as soon as we found out a suitable replacement for me. It was another era back then. It might be hard to believe, but it was hard to find decent commentators who would work the hours we did. We used to do commentary on two shows, staying up all night on a weeknight in Tampa, Florida. Our budget was always a concern. We were always trying to find ways to save money. At that time, Ring of Honor was just growing in the indies. It's not like people were clamoring to stay up until 5 a.m. to do voiceovers in a living room in Tampa. We went through various commentators, and eventually... I'd cost me a little extra money as I was there to edit and produce it. I also knew the storylines, the directions, and the characters. Thankfully, we eventually found Lenny Leonard, who lived in the area, and Dave Prazak. We booked Prazak in FIP and combined the expenses to fly him in. They were a great team and still are. They gave us stability. So Gabe is saying, you know, I did commentary, wasn't good at it. Um, And that's just his own opinion of himself. I think we're all very tough critics of ourselves I think Gabe did fine but once again the things that you could get away with saying years ago are definitely not what you can get away with saying today in this generation uh so yeah Tony please take it down is his request let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about this uh Ryan Clark is also writing at this hour Gangrel believes AEW star Paige Van Zandt has a lot of potential. For those of you who are not familiar, Paige Van Zandt has signed a contract to work with All Elite Wrestling, and she's been training under the tutelage of Gangrel. Now, while the former WWE superstar revealed that he hasn't spoken to people yet, the two of them did meet the day after she showed up to his Coastal Championship Wrestling facility to begin training. Now, during the episode of fanging and banging podcast Gangrel revealed that he believes she has a lot of potential and will make it he said in a quote he said I've met her and had a couple of training sessions already she's definitely a badass she has a lot of talent she's very coachable she has passion for it AEW should be happy in the long run with what's going to be coming with her I don't know if they've signed her for a year or what the deal was but she definitely has a lot of potential Definitely has talent. She'll come along pretty well and pretty fast, which she's learned in two sessions. Let's say three or four hours to be generous with those sessions. And in those three or four hours, it's taken me three months to teach some people with talent. Six months for others. The fact that she's a professional athlete and a ballerina, dancing with the stars for her was no joke. You have to be super disciplined, learn routines, dance, footwork, and form. All of that comes into play. She's making my job easy and I appreciate that. Hopefully it continues to be easy and she goes on to do great things. I can say I had a part of it. So Paige Van Zandt, um, she had communication with WWE. We know that. She has mentioned that openly. Um, she decided that she wanted to go with AEW and the reason why, AEW basically lets you do outside projects. They allow you to do things that You are able to express yourself creatively. AEW contracted wrestlers are also able to do indie shows, in appearances, in interviews, in podcasts. They're also allowed to do certain trademarks. They're able to do sponsoring of products. Where, when you're in the world of WWE, unfortunately, you become intellectual property of them. And a lot of that stuff just doesn't fly in the world of Vince McMahon. Very interesting. Uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, let's talk a little Paul White. I'm not sure how many people are, are still familiar with what Paul White does, but he is in AEW right now. He does a uh, commentary for AE Dark Elevation. Now next week's AEW Dynamite will be held at the Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina, which also happens to be the hometown of Paul White, formerly known as the Big Show. The AEW star nodded during his interview on the Rob Brown show that he hopes to be able to wrestle on the show. In a quote, White said, I'm really hoping that a lot of fans will come out and experience AEW and see the difference. Myself, I'm talking to Tony Khan. I can't exactly go book myself, but I'm trying real hard to get a match so I can at least wrestle in front of my hometown crowd. I'm looking forward to competing that night. If not, I'll definitely go out there and and do my elevation commentary. So, Paul White has had an amazing career, not only in WWE, but if you even go before that, you know, what he did in WCW as the giant, I still think was some of the greatest work I had seen. And he was super, super young. He was in the business a year. Uh, Maybe it was less than a year when he beat Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Championship. And I was absolutely blown away by what he could do at such an early age so very interesting guys that's going to do it I I always say it's the top five but I always go over top five because there's so many great things to talk about hopefully this will officially catch you up on everything that's going on in the world of wrestling today do not forget please follow wrestling Inc please follow Raj Gary please follow e-wrestling news and follow all the wrestling websites and the wrestling personalities these people do an amazing job And I'm so proud to be able to share uh, their stories and the writer's stories as well. Guys, that's going to do it. I'll catch you on the next episode of the Freeland Five.